Whatever your wellness goals may be, Whole Foods Market can help you reach them. From their nourishing beauty care selection and huge variety of supplements to their beautiful in-season produce, you can define what wellness means to you by what you put in your cart. With so many local and seasonal finds, you can discover a new favorite each time you enter the store. Not sure where to start? Ask a team member for help and see what they recommend. Maybe you'll find a hidden gem you want to pass along, too. Be healthy. Be happy. Be whole. At Whole Foods Market. Well, hello there. This is Jim, your Keys bartender here. How are you today? It is a muggy, warm day here in the Keys. A beautiful day. I hope it's a beautiful day where you are. I know a lot of places, uh, well, it's summertime. I always expect good weather. I says the last, I guess the last week for most school children, either they're out now or they're going to be out shortly later this week. And uh, we're, you notice a change of pace here in the Keys when school's out. Not so much traffic in the morning because we have the main roads. Um, the school buses, you don't see the school buses going up and down. But uh, it just seems to be a higher volume. People dropping their kids off, school buses and things like that. And in the morning, it's a little less congested. But we still have... Being the lifeline and keys, we still have all the people that come into work. And there seems to be more and more people that are being brought in. I've discussed it on more than several episodes down here. It doesn't matter where the depths are. On more than several episodes that I have. That housing. There is affordable housing, but it's kind of minimal. And it's, I guess... The baseline for affordable housing is different here. Now, on uh, one of my Facebook feeds, I found a, uh, someone posted a cottage for rent for $1,500. What it actually was was a big utility shed that was beefed up a bit and made into a tiny efficiency, almost like... New York, Manhattan, tiny, super tiny efficiency. I mean, it has the uh, the toilet with a privacy wall. And then it has kind of like the sink on the other side, which doubles as your, I guess it would be your bathroom and your kitchen sink. About 14 inches from your toilet. And on the other side of the toilet, toilet, toilet. Toilet? Did I say toilet? Um, there is a glass partition shower open to the rest of the efficiency. So I guess if you had friends over, you know, it looks like you can probably put a, I can't tell by looking at it. It looks like you put a king size bed and maybe a little couch in there. And it, I saw the microwave on one wall. So you wouldn't be doing too much cooking there. I did seem to notice that there may have been a dishwashing. Where the fuck are you going to get the dishes? First of all, if you're microwaving and things like that. I mean, I don't imagine too many big 
dining experiences occurring in this little tiny cottage. But it is, it, and, and I notice this as a trend. You hear people buying these sheds and make them into small, tiny homes. And they certainly, I used to think years ago when I seen new home construction and I see the particle board going up, that I said, oh my God, this is some fragile structure. See the, you know, the plywood particle board going up at the walls and it, it just looked temporary. Like something you would build on a, a, a movie set. Or a stage to recreate a facade of a building. But down there, the you know, people are just saying this is what they see as affordable housing. And it wasn't subsidized affording housing. This was someone taking a shed, getting it refinished for, I don't know how much they could have put into it. Maybe 15000 and get about fifteen hundred a month in it. You you know you get your investment back in like two three years maybe. You know oh one good thing, free utilities, for your, for your shed house. I I would love to see what would happen to one of those, if tested in one of category five, hurricanes. But that's what we're dealing with down here, and at, as a lot of different places, and you know housing is getting dear. Here, because people think, I guess the market will bear whatever people are willing to pay, and uh, the housing stock down here is kind of dropping. I um, earlier today, uh, while I was perusing my social media feeds, I noticed when I woke up a half hour, seven thirty this morning. I'm an early riser no matter how late I work. It really sucks sometimes. Well, I noticed right around the corner there was a, a garage sale at my old address. When I first moved down here, I was coming down to stay for a month. And that was back in 2007. And for about four months, I, and I stayed longer than I did, I was living on a sailboat in a marina. It had showers and bathrooms and all that stuff. and uh, But I, I wasn't planning on staying there for four months or even a year. But I've just gotten separated and was my friend's sailboat. And I really appreciated it. And um, eventually I moved into a house. Someone was renting a room. And someone I became acquainted with, a woman. And it was right around the corner from where I'm currently living right now my house now is, is less than gosh I'd have to say 120 yards as the crow flies yeah it's that close but it's separated by two streets and they were having an estate sale and I went there and I expect you know it said starting at 8 o'clock I got there around 5 after 8 there was one person sitting in a... I actually was going just to look for two deck chairs. Two deck chairs. And I got there and there were some of my uh, local friends sitting there. And they're helping out the woman who was happens to be the sister of the owner of the property who passed away. 
the sister didn't pass away. The, husband, the, the, the boyfriend passed away. And the sister was uh, settling the estate. Selling, you know, selling the home, selling all the items in the house. And they had some things on tables outside and some things inside spread around. So they opened the house. And I, I knew her friends that were helping her. And when I got there, they said, oh, you can take a look inside. And I said, oh, really? And I said, oh, okay, thank you. And there were a bunch of things inside. And I got to look around. Rarely do we get this get invited into the homes we used to live in by people you never met. You know, I was thinking, of, you know, I was thinking about asking people when I was visiting Philadelphia, but I just, I, I can imagine, unless there was a neighbor around that was close friends with the present owners, I wouldn't have let us, I wouldn't allow a stranger in my house. That just wasn't, wouldn't be in the cards and say, listen, I, you know, if someone came to my house and say, I used to live here about 20 years ago or 14, it was 14 years ago. Um, can't take a long run. But I got the chance to walk around. And it brought back some memories. It was a it was a nice place to live there. And it was affordable. It was affordable. And it was nice. I had a nice room. I had a private bathroom. The woman that uh, I lived with was uh, someone who was uh, I knew from outside of work. We weren't romantically romantically linked but we were friendly with each other she was a nice looking lady but um we just just wasn't one of those things especially when you move in together you have a platonic platonic uh, roommate you don't want well at least that was my thing i always my goal was no discord and not not that any of it was proposed by either one of us so I got in, I'm looking around, and then I started thinking, wait, this is an estate sale, and I'm looking at things. And I felt so judgmental about I felt bad that I'm judging the things. Like, do I really want this? If I'm here, if I don't buy anything, am I saying your, your, your uh, brother's possessions aren't worthy of my purchase? He had a nice set of uh, a model train set. It looks... Looks to be kind of old, like from the 60s or 50s. By the boxes that they had, the boxes of it. And, and I'm looking at it and go, oh, wow, this that's a nice set. She go, oh, you like model trains? I go, no. <laughs> I mean, when I was a kid, I did. Everyone has their thing. As you know, I'm not much of a collector of things. Nothing, you know, collector of things I can use, maybe, like headphones, charging cords. Um, things like that, but I'm, I'm not an avid collector of anything in particular about any collectible. But I can see the value in it, and I'm looking at the stuff, and I see some power tools, and I see a nice saw. And I don't know, it's real interesting. I said, I am not a crafty person. When I say craft, a craftsman type person. But every so often I need a circular saw, you know, a handheld circular saw. They cut some. And I'm thinking, do I need to own one or do I need just to borrow one? Right? Just need a saw. Need some. And I, I mean, used, I've used these saws before and I'm thinking, I don't need it. I'm not going to do anything really with it. I have one project I might do, but I can borrow that and it would take me 
like an hour to do all the cuts I needed to do for it. So do I need to buy a $60 saw and then keep it in there forever until I someday someone has to sell my stuff? So I'm walking around and I'm looking at the stuff and I say, oh, you're going to do well. There's a lot of good stuff here. They even had a car, a nice uh, antique car. I think it's over, over 50 years old. 53 years, 1969. I won't say the car because I don't want to give out the person's name. But they they had some nice items there. I wouldn't say, you know, except for the car and the... And it could be some of these things. could be collectibles. You know, whenever I need a particular tool or something like that, I think I may purchase that. Like a set of screwdrivers, set of wrenches. I like... You know, I, I was missing a couple pieces from my socket set so I bought a whole thing but I just thought what am I going to do when am I going to use it as a single use item like waffle irons have you ever heard me talk about waffle irons because waffle irons only make I mean people all over so you know social media find other things to do with their single use items like someone says I made an omelet with my wife waffle iron or I can make cupcakes with my wife or I can I can do an interesting patterns in clothes with my waffle iron I'm going to brand myself with my WAP iron, probably on accident. Right? A funny thing on that WAP iron thing, my wife bought this cake mix, uh, cake mix, pancake mix I really like. And I made it for her today. I said, oh, you have another one. What's this color? And so it says waffle mix. And I said, how many times do we have waffles? You bought a box of waffle mix. Um, she goes, I'm sure you can make other things with it. I said, well, why don't you just buy the pancake mix from me? She goes, oh, I thought waffles would be nice. And I go, okay. Well, next time you... She doesn't eat a lot of starch. I don't even understand why she got that. But it was funny to me. So that yard sale, I'm thinking about, you know, oh, boy, look at all this stuff this guy had. Look at all this stuff this guy had. And they're showing pictures of the guy. And really, I don't think I ever... I recall meeting him. Because the pictures I've seen of him for from forty years previous, I guess the guy was about twelve, fourteen years older than I am. It's interesting because I never view myself as an older guy anymore. I always think of kind of middle age, but here I am, just south of sixty, going to an estate sale, thinking about my mortality and this person's mortality, and me judging. Oh, well, there's near really nothing I was going to... I almost bought a set of gloves, uh, work work gloves. But I'm thinking, I got two sets of gloves. I don't really need them. So I walked back without purchasing anything, feeling a bit like a failure. And uh, I even wanted... I said, you know, I'll help you. I'll, I'll trade... Uh, I'll share your post. And the woman uh, doesn't didn't make the item shareable, and I didn't want to try to ask or say, give me your phone, I'll, I'll check your settings and all that stuff. But why, like walking into someone's house, why would someone, what, you should never hand yourself, your phone over to some stranger to mess around with your settings. Okay. Because I was trying to share it. You know, if I can't share it, I can't share it. And I'm thinking, you know what, people will find out. They'll know about this car. They'll know about the car will be, uh, that's for sale that, a beautiful, uh, what is it, 1969 Nova, I think, maybe. I could be wrong. Well, that's enough of that. 
on to more interesting things. I don't know if it's interesting, but th- you know, the last week and a half, my wife has been going to radiation treatment in Miami at the Miami Cancer Institute. She had a lumpectomy. Everything's been going really well. And this is more of a, you know, precautionary thing where you do radiation treatment. And like I said in the previous episode, my wife said it was all right that I was talk about it. Talk about it. So we book early appointments at the Miami Cancer Institute. And it was very interesting when we got up there. They really have, and I'm sure people experience it at other places they go to. They have a real regimented setup for these treatments. They bring people in. They, you know, depending on how much time they have to do it. Normally, it's it's under ten minutes, and they localize the radiation. So we're talking to a gentleman while we're waiting, and he comes up and we started asking him. He works there, and he says, "Oh well, we're just getting started the last hour." But we get here about an hour. We got here about an hour and a half, two hours before. And I go, "Oh really? You get here early?" Well, he said, "We got to warm up the equipment." And I go, wow. I mean, I always think nowadays, you know, it's modern times, like things don't have to be warmed up anymore. It's like within a couple minutes, they're ready to go. But uh, obviously, when you talk about radiation and things like that, they got to generate a lot of power. And I guess the power is not something you'd be drawing from the grid and you want to have a dependable source, I guess. But they said one of the, the the power source is a gas turbine. And it's multi-levels big. And he says, yeah, that gas turbine, it is powerful. It is, it's in a huge room. And it's, you know, they have technicians that are just manage that. And some of the equipment takes a half hour. Others uh, take, I think I remember, 45 minutes up to an hour. I'm not exactly sure. But it was amazing the amount of uh, the things I did not know. But I just thought they generated radiation from a machine, much like a microwave. But the amount of power, I guess, that they're doing in the kind of direction and what kind of radiation they're doing is, um, you know, is unique. I guess I need, it's something I don't know. My, my knowledge of it is not broad or deep. A more understanding of a gas turbine. He said similar to one you find on a jumbo jet. Yeah, one of those things. So I was amazed by that. But every morning we get we get there around eight o'clock and we're driving in. So we get I, I mentioned our routine, but one of the things we're listening, I guess at that time, when we're on the road at about, gosh, I'm trying to remember, uh, I guess about quarter quarter after six to 20 after six to make the 50-mile trip, because you don't know if there's going to be traffic or not. You don't want to get these appointments. You know, if you miss it, um, they'll probably take you, but you may have to wait a couple more hours, because they do run a tight schedule. They bring you in and bring you out. So we're driving up. We're listening to radio. And one of the things, we're listening to morning radio stations. And one of the ones we noticed in Miami, people like to do a lot of list. And one particular show with the kind of music they get, they play kind of light pop music and shit like that. 
they do uh, a question. What, I guess they're giving away a prize, what percentage of Americans or 20% of Americans have these things in their house or this and that? And then every so often they go, what is the dumbest thing you have ever done? Now, I didn't hear the question. It was the dumbest thing you ever done, the craziest thing you ever done, or done for money. And I said, wow. Well, I guess they're getting, you know, the, the, the people listening to the show do the entertainment. Right? Get some, you kind of suck the weirdos in to hear. That's it. Howard Stern was excellent at that. He would get some real weirdos calling up. And uh, they just would suck him. Well, one particular guy. And nowadays, obviously, just like on major radio shows, and I guess these are major major radio shows. This is not a this is a podcast, for instance, not major either. Well, they they uh, started asking one. I forget one of the woman. One woman. One of the stories was. Uh, this woman brought in some alcohol in a water bottle and she got intoxicated at a water park and then decided to go into a wave pool. And when she was in the wave pool, she got nauseous and she vomited on her mother and her son. I said, oh, that's pretty stupid. Yeah. And you know what? I could have done something like that too in my day. So that's pretty, I mean, there's tons of them. And there were other stories, not not really notable, but the one I thought was notable. And I'm not I'm not telling the story because the story itself is interesting. It's the thinking behind it. Because a lot of these shows, you have your call screeners, and someone will call up, "Hi, you know, WKRZ or whatever." And uh, what are you calling about? He says, "Well, I am going to call about my stupid thing." And uh, this one guy called up. And the announcer said, "We're gonna. When we come back, we're gonna be talking to someone who licked a cow's butt." And it was a brief break. And while we're listening to this on the radio, Abby and I, we're heading uh, up to Miami. And I said to her, Abby, or I go, "I wonder if he licked the butt. You know, licking the side of a cow's ass. That's you know, that's pretty, you know." daring and stuff like that but I wonder if he went right to the action area you know I wonder if he licked the asshole and I said well you can't say that so they said but so they probably could have I said Abby he could could have been the asshole but he probably can't say it so I'm I come back um, I come back the show comes back and they start talking to the guy and they say, yeah, I was drinking. I was pretty drunk and these guys offered me 50, I was out of money and these guys offered me 50 bucks if I would lick a cow's asshole. Oh, no, he didn't say asshole. I lick a, a cow's butt. And they said, oh, you didn't? Yeah, and I got the 50 bucks. I was able to drink a little more. You know, he goes, and they go, and you licked the butt. And he goes, yeah, right on the tropical starfish. Now, I want to break that down right on a tropical starfish. And right after they said that, the, the DJs didn't start laughing or anything like that. They stuck to their thing. Oh, the butt, the butt, the butt, the butt, the butt. You know? So there's three things going through my head, right? This, you know, otherwise. And this is, instead of, 
You know, it's not that a guy got 50 bucks to lick a cow's asshole. And I'm not saying that for shock value. It's how did the phone call go to the screeners? And what was this guy's motivation? Is this guy sitting at home and he's drinking his coffee or whatever he does in the morning? And that question comes up and he goes, oh my God, I wanted for years to tell somebody this and I can maybe make something out of it. I don't know if he got, if they're getting money, maybe get, maybe I can get tickets to that concert. So I'll just come and say, you know, I'll tell this story. And he, and he probably called the screener. He says, I got a stupid story. And the screener goes, oh, okay, you tell me. And he says, well, I licked the cow's asshole. And the screener goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, you can't say asshole on the air, on the radio. And so they said, why don't you just say butt? Can you do that? Can you say butt? Can you not say asshole? That's probably what the screener said. The guy says, yeah, yeah, sure. And he goes, okay, tell me the whole story. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's a good story. Okay, hold on a moment. You'll be on with the DJs in a moment. Right? So the guy's holding. And he's probably thinking, boy, uh, I don't like the idea of just telling him I licked the butt. Because I licked the asshole. I put my tongue on that cow's asshole. And that's a definitely a dumber story. So the DJs come out and they start talking to him and he says all those things and then says Tropical Starfish, which uh, I got to think that one out again because what, why Tropical Starfish, not just a regular starfish? I guess maybe a Tropical Starfish may have more tentacles and maybe kind of irregular, kind of like the wrinkles on an asshole, but I'm not, I'm not there. But I really noticed how the DJs did not engage in that particular thing. And I thought, wow, terrestrial radio, they must be really tough. And, be, you know, the DJs must be saying, well, you can't, we can't say asshole. We can't acknowledge that the guy liked to call the cow's asshole. Yeah. Stern would be all over that back, you know, 30 years ago. Or I think I started listening to him almost 38 years ago in Philadelphia when you'd listen to the AM station from New York, if we can get it. And then he was in a local Philadelphia station. That was the second station in his... And you'd hear... You wouldn't hear the word asshole, but they would talk about... They would say butthole and all that stuff. But yeah, this radio station, even though they're playing club music, they didn't want to say it. And it's funny, they'd say a whole bunch of other things. They, but they, I guess... It's an FCC violation. And once again, I'm thinking, I'm going to have to really look into what does a tropical starfish look like on a top of, I mean, it had to be what he said, tropical starfish. Instead, it said right on the starfish, right in the center of the starfish. I mean, whatever, whatever thing, right on the balloon knot. I heard balloon knot before. I heard starfish. What else could it look like? On the flux capacitor. There's a good one for you back to the future nerds. I kissed, I, I kissed, I licked that cow right on the flux capacitor. Well, I mean, a flux capacitor had like three things coming. So that would be like a real defined. Um, hmm. I think that's pretty much the thing 
that is left on. You know, that's, I mean, there's probably tons more visual on that. And I, I did not want to tell the story for that story, but for the mentality, I'm talking about what you're thinking of. Right? Imagine that. You're not allowed to say that. Because that's the story. You solicited a story about the stupidest thing someone would done. And you've, um, there, I don't know if it's such a deep fake story or not, but back in the early 90s, my girlfriend at the time was an operating room nurse or technician. And she heard uh, this story that supposedly was in the New England Journal of Medicine. Now, I looked it up and I saw it, but now I'm thinking, was it really in the New England Journal of Medicine or wasn't it? Blah, blah, blah. Well, it was called scrotum self-repair. Right? And this guy was working in a factory and it was a canvas belt uh, uh, driving one of the machines. And during the break, the guy got the idea. I didn't know if he did it regularly. He started masturbating against the canvas belt. And then he got a little too close. I don't know if it was in throws ecstasy or not, but he got caught up in the belt and thrown a little and it ripped his ball sack. And then he took a, I don't know what kind of stapler, I imagine kind of an industrial stapler and stapled his nutsack, which subsequently got infected. And then he had to explain to a doctor what he was trying to do. I mean, that's some hardcore first aid. I don't know if he lost his nut or anything like that. That is crazy. That is crazy. And I didn't hear about it on a... I mean, I I bet... Imagine it got the round so much that Stern wouldn't even talk about it because he said, well, I heard that one before. But imagine, I just can't imagine not having the freedom to discuss that if you want to. If you want to. And I do understand that the FCC has responsibility of overlooking a sense of decency and things like that. And when you're talking about a radio, the way radios are controlled, which are just a knob, and that's your access for things on the internet you have to say you are 18 years old now that's the only protection and supposedly obviously if you put on your which kids always regularly can defeat you could put on your settings uh, blocking all adult content that you know there's they, they have to make sure on the radio waves there's no way to block a radio wave I'm in, otherwise in jamming it but if someone has that radio station that goes on and someone talks about uh, a masturbating against a canvas belt and getting their scrotum sack caught into it and stapling it and stuff like that, and people say, not only is it gross, it's sexually explicit. I don't, I don't know if it's sexually, it's physically explicit because it's a sexual organ, but it doesn't really involve sex other than the masturbation. But once the masturbation, once that scrotum sack got caught, in the canvas belt, sex had, I'm sure, unless the guy was really sick, that 
there was no more sexual behavior going on at that time. Maybe to this day. I don't know where, how I got to this on that. And I'm not trying to do that. I try to make my show somewhat thought-provoking and helpful. But, you know, with these, sometimes when I hear something, I say, what, I always think about someone's intent. And I know that's how it encourages sometimes my anxiety when I start broadcasting or forecasting is probably forecasting into the future. Like I said, if I go to work, I'm going to be forecasting, well, how am I going to feel tonight? Who am I going to see tonight? How am I going to, you know, is this going to be a pain in the ass? I'm going to want to lock, you know, tonight I'm managing tonight. Well, I'm not really managing, but I'm the person doing the closing because one of the owners away. I'm working with professionals, so we work as a team. And they're adults. And I know they're going to do what they're expect, you know, expected to do. Right? So we'll just do that. And sometimes they can make their own decision. Now I'll just say, hey, listen, if we do make a decision, just tell me what the decision is so I can back you up. I don't want to be one of those people that say, I had no idea that was happening. Like at one of those congressional hearings. Uh, I'm sorry, Senator, I have no idea. I was not in the decision-making chain right there. I'm ready for that. I'm going, no, did you? Did you do that? No, I did not. That was, I was out out of my purview. So we're getting back to the subject. Forecasting in the future or forecasting what someone's intent was. Like driving, I notice that on the road when people are driving like maniacs up in my, maniacs, maniacs. I'm going 10, sometimes 15 miles, even more over the speed limit on Miami's, uh, on the highway, uh, turnpike in Miami. And I'm still getting people going by me at 30 miles over, you know, going 100, 110. Lots of people, not just one. You know, you go, oh, there's someone going to 100. No, on a regular basis, you're getting passed by somebody, you know? So, and and sometimes in order, depending on the speed limit, in order to stay with the bulk of the traffic, you got to go minimum 10. And you've heard, you've seen it in your road, stuff like that. Miami's just a little different for some reason with their roads. It's just slightly different than I'm used to from big cities like Philadelphia and New York and outside of D.C. and uh, Baltimore. It just seems the drivers are a little more, what would you call it, impatient or fast. And I see these people go, and it's one point when we're leaving the uh, Keys and coming back, There's a two, it's a two-lane road called Overseas Highway. And it connects the mainland to Keys. You heard this 20 times from me. Yes. Two-lane road. And there's two sections. There's two sections of that 17-mile-long road that gives you the ability to pass. Legally gives you the ability to pass. There are other sections where you can pass, but you're not supposed to pass. So there's a mile-and-a-half-long mile stretch, two places, right, right about within four miles of the most northern part and another uh, three miles south of that. So it, you you get to pass people. But 
So you're driving down a road and you got someone driving. When someone's driving up your butt or doing something, they're being aggressive and they're flying down a road. I'm thinking, oh, this guy really has to get in front of me. And I said, if they get in front of me, they're at most are going to get another quarter mile. If they can pass 30 cars, they're still only going to get there two minutes before me. And he said, why? How can you be so impatient? I just noticed when I was going up to the, um, when there's light traffic. I said, there's light traffic all the way up. Why are there so many people in a hurry? Or if it's, it, it seems like more people when there's a couple driving aggressively. And that's me forecasting myself their intent. I'm trying to think, their intent, they must be an asshole. When that could not be the case. It could be they could be rushing to the hospital, rushing to see someone. Uh, trying to make a plane. I've certainly had intestinal distress. My sister one time fed me some, uh, I think she made some curry sausage thing, which I don't think you're supposed to make beef sausage with curry or something like that, but whatever, with rice. And I was driving on the highway and it really got to me. And I'm not going to go into details, but I drove fast. I was clenching all the way back, clenching. You know how it is. I mean, if you've reached a certain age, you've been there. And don't tell me you haven't. Everyone's had that. That's the problem with eating on the road. Now I know when I go on the road, when I go someplace, I question the food that I eat. But that's not... So there's all these things that could be going through the person's head that has nothing to do with them being an asshole. Or being impatient. And the only way I can be sure of that is if I see that person every day doing that. If they're doing it every day, it's a stronger possibility that they're impatient. And I hate to call them an asshole because that's so judgmental, but it is selfish. It's kind of selfish driving like that. But I know if I could take myself out of that and just say, hey, why am I doing that? Why am, I, why am I upset if someone's slow in front of me? Maybe they're having visual problems. Maybe they have a problem with their vehicles. Or someone's driving fast. Or someone's in the checkout line. Or worried about, I'm going to see this person. I know what they're going to say each time I run into this person. This, this one. I'm just projecting into the future. Or projecting my ideas in, you know, this is what this person did. Unless I have direct evidence of it, it's just a waste of time. It's just getting me all worked up. And I don't, I don't enjoy getting worked up. Now, that could be a normal state of being for me, being worked up. But I realized long ago, long ago I don't like getting worked up. I like getting worked up like in a, a frenzy, happy frenzy, silly frenzy sometimes. But I don't like getting in that frenzy where I'm just like a total asshole. And I go down that road so easily. So easily. When I get kind of pissy. And... I try to jump off that track when I realize it. If I'm, get, I'm, I'm starting to realize it at this late day in my life, that all I have to do is take a moment. And I don't necessarily can cure it, you know, cure it, but I can alleviate it. And that's 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 a gift. That's a gift from you know just popping it. Just if you have the ability to. Um, just realize and say, hey, listen, I don't like doing that. 
and I'm gonna try to do it. And there's some things that you know I can count down five, four, and be like visualize being a rocket. You take I'm going off in this other direction, or talk to yourself and say, "Hey, you know, head, this isn't helping me. I'm not gonna think this way. That's not true." When someone you're thinking something, and someone. You may have all the evidence to think someone's doing something, but unless you know for sure that it's you're just forecasting and you're getting upset about it. That's me. See, I'm forecasting you. I'm saying you do it. You may already have it on the grasp. I salute you. I salute you if you do. Well, that's all I have for today. I started doing... Uh, I started recording with Anchor, but I'm, I bought another month with Spreaker and I'm hoping I'll be able to make the transition. I can figure out how to transfer audio and merge audio together. All things audio for me. Well, have a great day. I know I did a little, I've been doing shorter episodes because you know what? I have a tendency to drone on and on like I'm doing right now, but I want you to have a good weekend. It's Saturday right now and I will be back. When will I be back? I may, I may be back tomorrow, who knows, or Monday or Tuesday. Okay? Uh, until then, have a great day, and I'll be back. That's a, like Arnold say, I'll be back. <laughs>